Aloha, y'all. Welcome to Healing and Hustling. We're living our best life on Maui, and we're here to help you live your very best life. I'm Kimberly. I'm obsessed with helping people reach their full potential. I help you land your dream job faster while making more money than ever before. Think of me as your career resume and LinkedIn ninja. I also am a diversity, equity, and inclusion expert. Hi, I'm Donna. Love and laughter are my superpowers. I love to help people take themselves a little less seriously, find some grace and mercy for themselves while having a little bit of fun. My gifts are Reiki, breathwork, meditation, and life coaching. Together, we're here to help make you laugh, inspire you, and have real talk about life. Aloha, y'all. Welcome to the next episode of Healing and Hustling. Today, we are going to talk about the five traits that we believe we each possess that has helped us to be successful in our lives. But before that, we want to start off by telling you two different things. First thing we want to tell you is this podcast is a great example of not taking yourself too seriously and progress over perfection. This is our third time recording this specific podcast. <laughs> the first time we had technical issues. The second time Mika wanted to lay on the microphone. So we now have learned not to let the dog participate in the podcast making. And we also wanted to make a reference back to our first episode. Towards the end of the episode, I asked Donna what her theme song in life is. And she answered, happy. To which I replied, oh yeah, Will Smith. Eh, nope. <laughs> now, if you know me at all, I have Kimisms, and Donna writes these down on her notepad all day, every day. My notepad? Your notepad on your phone. Okay. Well, so I just make up stuff, y'all. I just make up stuff. I make up words, phrases. Half the time, I don't know what I'm saying. And so, in my head, I was thinking about The Pursuit of Happiness, the movie with Will Smith, and, of course, I know the song Happy is by Pharrell. Good job. But neither here nor there. But this sparked a little bit of conversation afterwards. And I thought you might like to hear some other super random Kimisms that are some of Donna's favorites. So you want to share some of my Kimisms? Sure. Kimism number 47. We aren't all that and a bag of fish. Yeah, know how that came out of my mouth other than maybe I was thinking like fish well, and like chips. chips so maybe it was like fish and chips like and then I just, just said stuck, fish you stuck with fish I get <laughs> bag of fish yes bag right, of fish you got another one oh yeah I've got plenty um the next one um this was her coined phrase trailing your blaze that would be me getting verbally dyslexic so obviously should be blazing your trail good job yes good job um, the next one, she came out, she had a meeting or something, and she came out and she yelled, my life is in shingles. <laughs> Sometimes my life is in shingles. <laughs> then the next one should fit even better. Yes. Life is fictional. Yeah, I don't know where I got that one. <laughs> I'm not sure how that came about. I'm not sure either. But one of my favorites is, she was like, I really like the supportive dancers. And I was like, you mean backup dancers? Backup singers. Backup dancers. Was it backup dancers? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, and then how about, um, you know, we're a little behind the curveball. Yeah, she likes to do sports references, even though she doesn't watch that many. I should things. never be allowed to make sports references. No, ever. I actually begged her to stop. I Yeah, I should be n never allowed again. Yeah. Totally. 
All right. Well, so let's talk about today's topic, which is the five traits we feel like we possess that really sort of helps us be successful in life and see if somehow you can garner some wisdom from that and find any of that helpful. So I'll start and I'll say my first one that I think of, and this is in no particular order, is I'm really um, happy with the fact that I am as resilient as I am. I think that resiliency has really helped me in my life a lot. I'm not sure exactly where I got that from, but I love that I've always had the ability, no matter what trauma, bad experience that I've been in, that I've always been able to bounce back. Mm -hmm. I think maybe some of that's that I have a positive attitude and I just sort of assume that things are going to turn around and get better. And um, I don't know, but I just think resiliency is a really important craft to hone is to help yourself be more resilient so that you can sort of get through tough times. It's kind of like you get yourself back up and dust yourself off. Exactly. Yeah. Donna, what, what's one that you think about? Um, I have always been a pretty calm person under most erratic situations. Um, because I feel like if I feed into the stress that it's just going to make it worse. So I try to kind of pull back a little bit and use my Zen and my calmness. So, yeah, I love that. I think my second one is I have always been a powerful manifester, even before I even knew what that meant before I knew about the law of attraction or thoughts become things. I just have always been able to manifest what I wanted. I've I've said many times that I always get what I want. And I don't mean that in a narcissistic, egotistical way. Just anything I've ever wanted, I somehow have always had the ability to bring that to life somehow, some way. And I really believe that a lot of that has to do with people understanding how your limiting beliefs prevent you from getting what you want in life. I really do believe the universe can only give you what you believe it can give you. And so if you can't see yourself making a million dollars a year, how can the universe give you that? If you can't see yourself with your dream partner, spouse, how can the universe bring that person to you? It's, it's like to to some degree, it's a little bit like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you tell yourself over and over again, you know, there's just nobody out there for me. Well, then so it is. And I think the way that the universe works is whether you're telling yourself positive, uplifting, unlimited beliefs, or whether you're telling yourself limited beliefs, the universe says, and so it is, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, I'm really happy with the fact that however I have come to possess that trait, I think that having a, like really just believing you can have whatever it is you want to have, I think that's really important. What's your next one? Um, I always try to lead with my heart cause I feel like that's going to lead me down the path that I need to be on. So I kind of, I am heart first. You are heart first. You have one of the biggest hearts of anyone I've ever met in my entire life. Thanks, Bo. Uh, I would say my next one and thus part of the name of the podcast is hustle. You know, I, I think I got this from my mom. My mom worked three jobs while I was growing up. She worked at Purity Supreme during the day as an account receivable specialist. She worked at Caldors, which was like a Kmart back in the day at night and on the weekends. And then also on the weekends, she would clean office spaces for Honeywell. And, 
you know, she did whatever she could to try to make sure I had the best education that I could, which I'm very, very grateful for. And I always have been. And I think it was that determination and that hustle that really taught me that mentality around hustle. So I, I've always said I'm not the smartest person. Um, I don't have the best education or pedigree, but you won't out hustle me. I will absolutely make sure that I outwork you. I will sit down and think about strategies, especially like when I was in sales, I would just sit down and just pour over. How do I beat the competition? How do I end up number one in a moral and ethical way? But I really do believe that if you have hustle and you have discipline and you're willing to put in the work, I I think that's incredibly, incredibly important. Nice. What about you? Um, I think my next one is my sense of humor. (laughs) Um, I think with trying to keep things light, especially when things get tense, um, I really enjoy, like, especially if someone is not upset, but down, Mm -hmm. um, that's normally when that switch comes on and there's something about shifting someone's day a little bit by just making them smile or even a bonus laugh at, at that point. So, you know, I think, I think that is something that I've carried with me throughout my entire life. Absolutely. I think my next one is curiosity. I have always had an insatiable curiosity about everything. And I know like, like little kids tend to be curious, but I mean, I was like next level. I mean, everything for me was why, 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 why? I'm sure I, I drove, I know I drove my mother nuts. And I never took anything for face value. I always wanted to understand like, well, why do we believe that? And why is that the right answer? And why do we think that this book is true? And, and just, you know, I really struggled in school because of my ADHD and my dyslexia. And, you know, I, I guess I thought I wasn't a great learner, but I realized just that the format of school doesn't work for me but I really am incredibly curious. And I think that curiosity helps me be better at life. It helps me be a better business person because I'm always just sort of like trying to get below the surface and and just uncover some really interesting things. Right. Yeah. What else do you, um, I think one of mine is I'm still a dreamer. Like there is something about, just the dream itself, not what it's going to manifest, but just sticking with the, whatever that is, like just seeing the bigger picture of things, um, which most people would consider dream. You know, I am a dreamer. I am a dreamer. Um, but it gives me, it shifts my perspective and it puts me, puts me in this place to where it's not about me controlling anything. It's about me watching everything unfold. Mm, I love that. I think my last one is, and not think, I know, is, and this maybe is one of my most important ones, and, and that's sort of having a spirit of gratitude. I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for all of my life experiences. I'm grateful for everything I've been through. I'm grateful for the the difficult situations I've been through in my life because I know that they've shaped me and molded me into who I am today. I'm grateful for our life together and that we found each other. I'm grateful for our fur babies. I'm grateful that God, the universe has delivered a life for me that I never could have imagined. Mm -hmm. And and God had a bigger vision for my life than I had for myself. 
And that even when something that I perceive at the moment to be negative, like getting laid off, which we'll talk more about in the future, like how much that has catapulted me to where I am today. So I just, I think that really being grateful for wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. So let's talk about what are three, four things that are not your strength? Like where do you not play well? So I'd love to hear what's something that you feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm really not great at this. Um, I can be, I can get easily overwhelmed, um, which will take the calmness away stat. Um, and it's not really that I can't figure out what I'm, what is making me overwhelmed. It's more the time factor is this is taking too long. This should not take me this long. Um, and then I start, for some reason, my brain goes to start stair stacking other things that I'm not getting to. Um, and so that's one of the things that I've had to work on. For example, just one step at a time. That's what I have to do when I get overwhelmed. One step, just get this one thing finished. And if this one thing gets finished, then you've accomplished something and then move on to the next one if you have time. But you know, that's always been a challenge for me. It's funny because my first one is the exact opposite, which is learning how to slow down. I just go a million miles an hour and you know, we've, we've always said that your quality and I'm quantity. Mm -hmm. I love checklists. I love to get things done. I love to get things across the finish line. And one of the things that's been a blind spot for me in my career, uh, often, and I'm working on this and have been working on this for a long time is, you know, I want to hit that check box and say like, Hey, this is done. And I go super fast and, you know, I, I joke, I get more done by 10 a.m. than most people get done in the entire day. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop here because I will tell you when we were doing the canvas stuff, I was so proud to be a week ahead and Kim had all of her stuff done on Canva through January. (laughs) I do tend to be an overachiever, but that is a great example. Like I was like, let's just get her done. And I came up with some ideas and I put some stuff out there And, you know, I sort of regretted it after I did it because I really should have spent more time thinking about what I wanted the branding to look like Mm -hmm. so that it had like this nice look and feel. But that's the point is, you know, when I go too fast, I often forget to think about, you know, risks that I might experience because of the solution that I chose. I might forget how to bring the right stakeholders along for the ride or, I may just go so quickly that I don't actually spend the time thinking about the very best solution. Hmm. And so I think for me, slowing down is incredibly important. What's another one that you work on or that's a struggle for you? Um, I have this inner being that always has me afraid of not being or doing enough. And it goes back also, it kind of ties into the overwhelmness of, of, not doing enough, not fast enough, um, and not being enough for somebody for some other reason. Sometimes that peeps its head out and I'm like, you go away now. I'm busy. 
And you know, I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. I think most people feel imposter syndrome. Most people are afraid to do the thing. Like they just get into analysis paralysis. They want something to be perfect and nothing's ever going to be perfect, right? I, I think it's important that in order to be successful, you have to acknowledge that failing is actually a good thing. People are so afraid to fail, but failing is actually fantastic because you've now taught yourself one way not to do the thing. And the only way you really learn is through making mistakes. And so just, you know, having that spirit like Dean Graziosi and Tony um, Robbins. Robbins always talk about the fact that, you know, progress over perfection it's like, do the thing, like take massive action, do stuff, learn from it, iterate, get better and just keep going. Right. So I right. think that's really, I think that's really important. I'll say that my second one is anxiety. You know, anxiety, I have a love hate relationship with my anxiety. On one hand, it's like, it's the one thing that if I could get rid of anything, I would definitely get rid of my anxiety. On the second hand, in some weird way, while it is my arch enemy, it's also a bit of a superpower because I think it's that anxiety and that insecurity that drives me. It's the thing that makes me constantly think like, how do I level up? How do I get better? Did I do enough? What can I do differently? How do I get to that next level? And so, you know, I would love if I had less anxiety and I do a lot to try to mitigate my anxiety uh, but I also recognize in, in some ways that that anxiety has also done me some favors. Hmm. What What's another one that you've got? Um, I, before Kim and I ever got together, I was kind of more of a homebody. I didn't, I didn't mind staying at home and, and, you know, snuggling all the babies and all that. Uh, and when I met Kim and, and we ended up, you know, getting into a relationship, it was like we were going everywhere, all over the place, like constantly. Even my family was like, man, aren't you exhausted? I was like, a little bit. Um, but then COVID happened and it kind of gave me that place again to go back to being a homebody. And so I've had to kind of, especially since I've gone back to work, you know, it's, made me realize that going out is not necessarily a bad thing and it can be a balance between the both of them. But I did, I, I would be so happy just to have, you know, like my giant cup of coffee and just sit there and snuggle with the puppies all day. That would make me happy. I think that one of the things I've learned over time with our relationship is that you really do need at least one day a week where you can just stay at home and not do anything mm. like at all other than like snuggle puppies or watch a movie or something. Mm. And I think that was a real adjustment for me because I just normally don't sit still at oh, all. And you didn't know that other people did that. I didn't realize that was a thing. I like, I was like, you can take a nap in the middle of the day. You can spend the whole day watching movies. What? That's crazy talk. And I think that, you know, like during COVID where you were super happy being at home, like I liked being at home, but I did a lot to preoccupy myself. Yeah, like I did. was taking cooking classes with a little grandma in Italy. I was gardening. I was trying new recipes. I was doing watercolor art. You did the draw by numbers. Oh yeah. yeah. We did a lot of draw by numbers. Yeah, we did. I should do that again. I really enjoyed that. That was super fun. And I think that. 
you know, part of it also is that I've had to come to learn that part of my busyness, if I'm being honest, is me just not wanting to sit with my thoughts because sometimes my thoughts are scary and ugly and I tend to beat myself up or I focus on the negative or I focus on things that I think are going to go wrong. And I've learned like from, especially from being here, just, you know, it's okay to be quiet. And when those ugly thoughts come into your head, there are ways that you can equip yourself to, to handle them, to practice self-care, to meditate, to have words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And so I think like that's super important. It's just sort of figuring, you know, figuring all of that out. Yeah. Um, and I'll say probably the last thing is I have just never been great at math or Excel. That is like my arch nemesis. You know, when it comes to Excel, oh my gosh. So first of all, I'm a firm believer. If if you're like a seven, eight or nine at something that, that you should focus on that and go figure out how do I become a nine? How do I become a 10? If you're one or two at something, I'm all about outsource that stuff. So find somebody who's really good at that. I mean, if you really want to get better at the thing, invest in it, figure out how to get better. But if it's something you actually don't care to learn, phone a friend. Like, I need Excel help. I'm calling Dan Byer. I'm like, hey, how do I do this thing? How do I do a VLOOKUP? How do I create a pivot table? And I think that's super important so you're not wasting your time. And then, like, I am just terrible at math. It's partially my ADHD. It's my uh, dyslexia. You know, I failed elementary algebra three times. I mean, I didn't even know that was a thing, but I failed it three times. And it wasn't until I got a teacher who actually really paid attention and was really invested in me. And, you know, I remember I took a quiz one day and I brought it to her and she was like, well, hey, you have the right answer for the numbers that you used, but you didn't use the numbers that were actually part of the original question. And so she really helped me to understand that, I mean, this really is a challenge for me. And she helped me figure out some different ways that I could sort of slow down and do math better. But I'm really like, I'm seriously that person where it's like, what's two times 54? And I'm like, 9,627,000. <laughs> it's like Justin Timberlake in uh, Friends with Benefits. 11 billion. 11 billion. And so I just think if you're not great at something and you really don't want to get better at it, seriously, find someone you can partner with and then figure out what you can give them. Like, how do you give back to them and how do you help them get good at something that maybe you're not so good at? Anything else that you would say you're... No, I think that's it. Okay. Um, So here's what I'd like to talk about next. And this will be sort of our final wrap-up question. I'd love to hear what advice you would give yourself for the person you were 10 years ago. So if you could go back 10 years, what advice would you give yourself? Um, I would actually confirm with myself that I do and did not have a black heart. I know I told a lot of people that I had a black heart because I really thought I did, but I did not. And the advice that I would give is lead a life being heart centered, which I was. I was a nice person. I mean, I am a nice person. It sounds depressing. <laughs> I, I am a nice person. You're a very nice person. I'm so nice. But um, no, I, I think that's probably what I would have told myself. 
And you know, it's funny that you say that because when Donna and Donna and I have known each other for years and, and we knew each other even when I was married and she had gone through a, a, a really bad or hard, difficult breakup and she spent five years being single. And then of course I went through a divorce and she and I would just sit on the front porch and she'd drink beer. I'd drink wine. We'd listen to music. We would talk and you know, because of the experiences we've been through, neither one of us thought we were going to actually end up together, let right. alone that you would be like the love of my life and right. we end up spending our whole lives together. We just really were great friends and we were learning a lot from each other and we were consoling each other. And, you know, at, at some point I started to realize, you know, post my divorce that I was attracted to Donna and she was like, I have a black heart. It's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, I always get what I want. <laughs> right. And we're sitting here today, 10 plus years later. So proof is in the pudding. I always get what She's I like, want. I'm still right. I'm still right. Um, and I would just say, you know, uh, for me, gosh, I wish I could go back and tell myself to have so much more grace and mercy for myself, mm. to be so much kinder to myself, to practice more self-care, to spend more time meditating, practicing positive affirmation, being um, like, like allowing myself to spend time alone and just trusting, like really trusting the universe that everything is going to work out for me. Yeah. Anything else you've got? Anything else? Anything else? No, I don't have anything else. All right. We're good. Well, next week, stay tuned because we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, mm. family debacles, trip to fan, and we're going to talk about the great gravy debacle. Oh, crap. You got to stay tuned for that. It is definitely worth a listen. Indeed. So come back next week. And until then, keep healing and hustling. Woo-hoo. Thank you so much for listening today. Check us out at DonnaHeals.com and TateOfMindConsulting.com. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and give us a review. Until next time, keep healing and hustling.